Hello and welcome to Two Guys One Cup, the show where we review, rate and rank anything that emerges from our cup. I'm Dan and with me as always is Joe who will kick things off. Right, well, okay, we're going to have to straight away, as I'm sure you've noticed, there is a new theme tune, mm. and uh, we're going to have to give a shout out to Dave Bass Productions for making that fantastic new theme tune, um, and so I uh, hope you like that, and it's given us a bit of a feel for the show, mm. but the other thing that's a bit different is, uh, I believe we've actually got a fact checked uh, from one of our listeners, in fact, we've got a couple, so Dan, you want to go with the first one? Yes, indeed we do. Uh, the first thing to point out, though, is actually in that, in that theme tune, that isn't us singing. It's probably the first uh, thing we should point out. Well, you're, um, you're ruining the, the, the fourth <laughs> you're, wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've just broken the fourth wall. <laughs> Next, you'll be telling people that the big show doesn't sing his own theme tune. Well, actually, if I can interject um, on a wrestling theme, and our listeners won't be able to see this, it's very much a visual thing. Am I right in thinking your T-shirt is depicting Rick Mail in a pair of pants being chokeslammed by the Legion of Doom? That is correct, yes. I mean, not that I'm oh, not it's, uh, it's... more of it, but it's actually bottom. In oh, general. it's Adrian Emerson as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 they're yeah. all there. They have Spud Gun and uh, Hedgehog. Oh, yeah. Good, yeah. good, good. Let's see it. A little shout out to Jim will paint it. Ah, yes. Superb, superb. So, um, fact checks. We, well, I'll tell you what, our, our petrol station uh, episode, that's caused some ruckus. Got t- tongues the, uh, waggling. Oh, waggling. did it ever? <laughs> did it ever? So the first one um, I'll read out is from Peter from Trowbridge. Um, hello, he, Peter. There's hello, Peter, friend of the show. He says, "I'm going to say this verbatim, but it's turning us over a little bit." Your knowledge surrounding the loss of petrol stations was weak. <laughs> so it's a good start i could have told him that <laughs> <laughs> the decline was i'm not going to do it because i think trowbridge i believe is in the west country but i'm not going to do a west country accent i'm going to stick with my boring generic uh accent uh the decline was nothing to do with electric cars all to do with the value of often centrally loca- located plots of land that can be redeveloped loss of smaller independence and the fact that to be profitable you often need size and turnover obviously Oh, the joys of being a planner. So by the sounds of it, Peter is a, a, a planner. Um, interestingly, though, because it says about centrally located plots, which I think takes us nicely into your, your fact check. Yes, I mean, I just want to put a little thing on that for uh, for, for young Peter there. I did mention I, I kind of disagreed with the electric car idea, and I, I did mention about the expense of being a, in central London, that kind of thing, because you did say there weren't any in central London, but actually... Uh, Another friend of the show, Jamie, has sent in a picture of a Park Lane petrol station. So they do exist, maybe in the slightly wealthy areas, this one being Park Lane, but apparently they do exist. So uh, hmm. so there you go. Um, we do it. fact check. So do let us know whenever Dan gets something wrong at 2G1C pod on, uh, on the old X or Twitter, whatever we call it nowadays. But onto the main part of our show is the review, of course. And hmm. this week we are going to be reviewing the cinema. Or I think the cinema experience kind of as a whole. Yes, so not, not cinemas in the concept of films. No. But, um, but going to the cinema, which had a bit of a resurgence in the last couple of years, obviously had a, a bit it of a It certainly has, but nothing in comparison to its heyday. Mm. I tell you that. So they call the, I don't know, I guess the 30s and 40s, the golden years. Do you yeah. know how many people per, I think it's per year in the UK, went to the cinema in, I think it's 1946... 
Was there much of a film industry? Was there much of a film? Well, Well, a year after the war ended. Just so you know, this is the biggest year that the UK's ever had. Oh. (laughs) So how many people went in that year? Uh, Well, how many different tickets sold? So okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, um, oh crikey, I'm going to say 45 million. 1.64 billion. No, what? Yeah, 1.64 billion. That's why they call it the golden age of cinema. The Blimey. lowest, um, and I'm going to exclude COVID times, was 54 million in 1984. So it's really, really gone down wow. in that regard. And so in 2020, it was actually 44 million, but again, COVID. And it's picked up to 117 million. So actually, my 46 million for, for like, Relative to now was actually right. To now, yes, but not to then. No. I mean, it was in the billions, basically, pretty much from 1940 to 1956. That is very impressive. Very, very impressive. But so before COVID, it was about 176 million. And now Mm. it's about 117. Maybe that was 2022. So it may have gone up a bit again, but a lot of catching up to do. I think actually that's that's a lot to do with the quality of the films as well. Well, 2023 will be a big year when when it's reported because of... Behind Barbenheimer? No, I don't think it will. I don't think it'll be a huge year. I think those films will do very well, but it's not like a consistent everyone going to the cinema oh, uh, to see like a film every couple of weeks. No, that's so that's the problem. There's not yeah, that many lot, great films. No, they're not. But a lot of people went to see them. Yeah, absolutely. But like, say, I don't know, in the in the nineties. A lot of people went to see a lot of films. Yeah, where I mean, instead of that, a lot of yeah. people went to see two films. Yeah, I mean it is different these days because, well, my parents always used to say when I'd suggest them going to a cinema or something like that, my mum would always say, "Oh, there's no point; it'd be on TV soon or mm. Sky or whatever." That was usually like in those in those days. It wasn't even that long ago. It's like it would be a year or two. It's probably it longer than you think. It's probably you're talking twenty or thirty. Yeah, years. true. Yeah, <laughs> but then it'd be like a year or maybe even two years until you could watch it at home without renting it. Yeah, absolutely. It's Whereas now they're on within four to six months. I'd say you can. Yeah, it depends how popular they are. It can be weeks. Mm. I think you can already get Wonka. That's uh... you can buy it to watch. No, no, I think it's on Amazon Prime now. I think to buy those, isn't it? To no, buy, no, no. buy it to rent. Well, I mean, I'm gonna do a live fact check. Yeah, do a little live uh, fact check on that. And as you do that, um, yeah, I, I just think the quality of films have really—I um, I just think they've gone down. They're I'm not very really into. I'm someone that do I do enjoy the cinema a lot, but you need yeah. the films, and I just I'm not that interested in. I mean, I, I don't get the time sadly to go to the film. But the other the other thing is is that. Um, home cinemas are so much better now so that you don't just get them quicker but the experience of watching it from home can be yeah. quite easily matched um, yeah big screen cinema. you don't get people like putting chewing gum under your yeah seat. and you can get surround sound all for mm. a, a much cheaper than it would have been in say the 90s um one cut isn't available it's available to rent or buy in prime. Oh. well so, there you go it, it looked like it was on prime to me uh, it is on Prime, but not ready to watch. You got to pay. Well, I thought that's what Prime was. No, well, I mean, I guess that's uh, at some point we're going to have to review Prime, and that's going to be a real minus is the not knowing if it is there or isn't there. Well, it, it does say rental buy. Yeah, but then that's not Prime. That's just Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amazon and Amazon Prime are two very separate things in my view. Prime is the thing you pay for, and you should have everything. 
and then Amazon. Well, that's just Amazon. You buy stuff. Mm. Yeah, again uh, for an, for another day. For, yeah, tell for another day. So the cinema experience these days. I mean, cinemas are, are nicer than they used to be. It depends which ones. I I disagree with that. Um, I disagree with that for for the more general cinema. Well, so if I think back to when I were a young man, the cinemas in particular, so I'm going to name this sort of in Harrow, so Northwest mm. London, you had like the Canon, the ABC, although to be fair, they might have actually been the same thing. And they were horrible. They were just disgusting. They were dirty. There was just crap everywhere. Chewing gum on the seats just stunk, just horrible. Whereas nowadays, they're relatively clean, most cinemas. They're comfy. The seats are a bit too comfy, maybe, but we'll come back to that. The screens are bigger. It's just... I don't think the screens are bigger. I mean, I remember when I was growing up, you used to get the um, two-tiered cinemas. You used to have the chandelier at the top. You remember that? You're going upstairs. Oh, la di da. Well, you say that, but I mean, I remember that being in Edgeware. I'm pretty sure in Harrow uh, had one that had a... That was like the main cinema. It was massive. Do you not remember the huge screen? That if you were on the top part, you yeah. looked down, and there was a huge gap at the bottom where the screen actually was. I don't remember it. You don't remember that? Yeah, I remember it being like the screens were huge. There's, I think the screens are much smaller now than they ever used to be. Well, if, if we've got any Harrovian listeners, yeah, uh, the Harrovians, just uh, tweet us. I'm sure team, there'll be a few, a few of the pinner massive. Uh, well, indeed, yeah, uh, that probably enjoyed that. It's not too far, too far away. But um, yeah, I, I mean, in terms of cleaner, yeah, you're probably right. I think they are probably cleaner. I think it's got a lot to do with the fact they're a lot less popular than they used to be. So but, you get the scumbags going and leaving a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just had more people back in the day. I just don't think that. Basically, you. Just, I remember when you started to get the view, as it was called the Warner Brothers cinemas and things like that mm. coming in. And there was a lot more screens. But before that, you used to have cinemas that would have like two or three screens, but they yeah. were much bigger. And yeah, they used to have an upstairs and a downstairs. In fact, I remember, I think it was someone's birthday. It might have been Jurassic Park, the second one, where mm. I think we nicked his shoe and threw it down the stairs. That's annoying. What, the birthday boy? Yeah, I think so. Oh, you scumbag. Who was well, it? I, I mean, we 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 can't say, but when 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 I tell you off fair, we can't, but you can. <laughs> but when I tell you off fair, you'll be like, ah, oh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, to be perfectly honest, but yeah, we we did that, which uh, I mean takes me to the kind of the enjoyment of the cinema, where at the time I didn't really think too much about it, but man, I would have been annoyed if I was in that cinema with these annoying oh. kids doing stuff like that. Yeah, there's nothing that pisses me off more. Well, there are some things, but one of the things that pisses me off the most is being in the cinema and people just chatting away. Or mm. it's usually just people chatting. You just think, just shut up. It's just... Or playing with the phones. That's I've got a real annoyance for that. Playing with the phones is just, yeah. I mean, that's annoying anywhere, but no. But it's the fact that it's meant to be a dark room and you've got like light in the corner mm. of your eyes. But going back to kind of the general experience, I think it. I, I mean, I guess I was too young to experience the slightly more upper-class cinemas, but nowadays you have, like, the Everyman and the more uh, independent yeah. cinemas. Now, they are great. They're smaller. The seats are much, much more comfortable. Yeah. You can get a posh milkshake, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Like, brought, brought to you, I'm a big yeah. fan of that. The only thing is, I don't know if you find this, is I tend to eat my food or drink my, food, my drink way before like the film even fin- starts, sorry. Oh, yeah, if I've got like, popcorn the... or something, or ice cream. And then, then, then there needs to be 
a repeat order or something because i know you can't have a screen where you order more because it'll be annoying if you used it mm. but there should be some kind of button that i can press that just repeats the order and then the person comes comes in again like a big red emergency button because well not big food. and red but just something i can press that at some point like, say you're halfway through the film or an hour in it's like now i want the milkshake or now i want another milkshake you could just save the milkshake. You could just not drink it straight away. No, that's insane. That's complete insanity. I mean, with Plus, a milkshake milk. get you know will melt. So if I left it an hour, which is like I say, you're talking insanity. There's no chance that a milkshake would last an hour in my in my company. But um, it it would just be a drink that you just suck up and you you're done. Mm. So, I mean, my issue with every man is that it's a little bit too comfortable. So the whole eating thing, I do like it, but to your point, it goes too quickly. And actually, I experienced it first. I was in America years and years and years ago, and I was with my parents. We went to see Independence Day. Mm. I went to a cinema. We just found some local, local cinema, and we could like get pizzas and stuff during the film. Oh, really? I don't know what you said, but you could order it whenever you wanted. And it blew our minds absolutely blew yeah, up. They'd bring you over pizza and chips and at every man yeah i guess it is slightly different because you do woof it down you yeah, have to, and it's you, either really cold and you gotta have it or it's really hot and you gotta have it otherwise yeah. it's ruined um but my biggest bugbear with every man is this well you should be able hot. to order it with a timer say look i want this uh, but i want this half an hour in but then everyone's gonna get pissed off when someone comes walking across it yeah that is annoying but they do have quite wide aisles and quite and they've got to come across with a light, which is going to disturb people. Yeah, I mean, it's annoying. They need to find a way, because they'll get more money that way, I think. Cinemas aren't doing I mean, I'm, well. I'm sure the boffins are looking into it. I'm sure science... Yeah, science they've, got, they've, they've got their top top people on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, science will catch up. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's a little bit too comfortable, the everyman. So you get a blanket, you get a pillow. And for me, that's quite a dangerous combination. Well, you're a sleeper, aren't you? You like to sleep through a film and pretend you really enjoyed the film. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I fell asleep during, well, I've fallen asleep numerous times, but during, during the bad films. Yeah. That's not the sort of film. Good. No, but regardless of whether it's good or not, whether you think it's good or not, because I actually do. No, but that, but you only think that because everyone says it. You don't actually think that because you fell asleep. <sighs> I mean, you I'm, fell I'm, asleep. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting drawn into this, but I have watched it a number of times since. It's very yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you read the reviews and you know the other people told you what to think. <laughs> but on that note, have you ever walked out of a film in the cinema? Um, I was thinking this uh, actually, and no, I don't think I've ever walked out of a. I've walked out of the theatre once because it was so artsy. The- oh right, too pretentious. I just I couldn't I couldn't take it. It was um it was quite a big big production as well, like. The Lion King. <laughs> it was like cold something. I can't remember, but it had that guy that was um, the BFG, which actually a film I would have liked to have walked out of. With oh, so Mark Rylance. Yeah, so he was actually yeah. the main um, person there, and it was just so boring that we mm. just were like, we're out. We can. We just couldn't take it. It's way oh, too during the interval. You walked out. No, like during while it was oh, going on. Really, I would. It was so scared. boring. It was just two people um, on a set of ice saying really pretentious stuff, and the audience gigging away, pretending they all find this amazing. And I mean, I was, about, good. I was about to say if you if you're walking out because it was just two people chatting to each other nonsense. I was about to say people's <laughs> <in> lost <laughs> houses. Um, yeah, too <laughs> Um 
so the only one I've ever walked out of was actually on my birthday a few years ago. The wife took me to see a film called Logan Lucky with um, Daniel Craig mm. and I can't remember who else. And it was just shit. It was really, and you walked out comedy. Well, probably because it's my birthday as well, and I wanted to enjoy my birthday and not watch a crap film. <laughs> Gone down well with the no, wife. But, but actually, having said that, a couple of years before that, she took me to cinema on my birthday. I think it was to an Everyman as well. And there'd been two films for her to choose to take me to see. And one was called The Counselor. And yeah. it, I mean, the cast was amazing. So it's like Brad Pitt, Cameron Diaz, lo- loads of really famous. Yeah. But the fact that you might not have ever heard of it, despite having a really good cast, shows how... And it's called probably... The Counselor, it sounds... So, no, it was meant to be like a comedy. It wasn't about like a counsellor, either local mm. counsellor or like someone with mental health. It was, I can't remember what the context was actually. Um, so, the fact that it's got a really good cast, you never heard of it, probably explains how mm. it was. Um, so, there was a choice of that or science fiction epic gravity. Oh, okay. Um, and I she took me to see the, the counsellor. The counsellor. Yeah, I feel like she well. veered on the side of what she yeah. wanted to watch. <laughs> yeah, possibly slightly. <laughs> gravity yeah. we mentioned last week, that's the uh, Sandra Bollocks one where she just blows everything up, right? Was that Gravity? Uh, did she blow everything up? It was with her and George Clooney when they're like... Yeah, she just goes from ship to ship and everything blows up. Yeah, kind and of. And then she like jumps off... I mean, spoiler alert, but we've gone through this on another podcast. But mm. um, don't she like jump off a ship and then just like fall into Earth or something? I think at the end she does, yeah. I mean, are we going to... Do we need to name drop gravity in every pod now? Is that where <laughs> I think we should really yeah, quite at least, least Sandra Bollocks, the Gravity Podcast? But um, one little shout out I, I think we need to mention is uh, the fact that we were, and again, probably why cinema exploded in those years mm. it was around nineteen thirty nine. I've got it here that it kind of a few films went into color, most famously being the Wizard of Oz one, mm-hmm. and so there's one scene in particular. I'm gonna put it in the description so please uh have a little watch of it but it's such a lovely scene so basically what happens is is you can see the the film starts out in black and white and then you you see this scene which is still black and white or kind of a sepia i think it's called a sepia, sepia yeah it's after of, crashes back down yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's after the the tornado and then you see her open the door and it's just fantastic color all the way through. And the thing I love about that scene, if you watch what I put up um, carefully, is the scene of the door opening is actually in color, but everything has been painted in black and white, and all the clothes are black and white. And so it is actually in color straight away. And that's why it works so well when you open the door that everything is actually Mm -hmm. in color. And so the person playing Dorothy is actually a, a double, and Dorothy yeah. comes into the shop wearing the normal clothes all in colour. But that must have been such a dramatic thing to have watched for the first oh, time. Yeah. And the it, cinema it, going colour. And it, it looks amazing. Because actually, because I, I, I'd heard it already. Mm. Actually, if you... Genuinely, I think if you don't know it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think it. It's incredibly no. well done. Yeah, I think it... I'm, I'm a big fan of these kind of clever techniques in film that are actually anyone can do it and mm. i don't mean it's like an easy thing but painting everyone and everything in black and white and filming it in color to make the next shot smoothly turn mm. into color i just think it's great i think it's such a clever clever idea oh, um, very, very clever. yeah very very big year for cinema what's that 
just under a billion uh, tickets sold in 1939. Basically, 1940. In the UK, the is first. that? Yeah, this is just the UK. Wow. Yeah, but then, you know, you didn't have much to rival it. To be fair, what else is there to do? Theatre where you have two people talking? True. Yeah. You had a war on your doorstep as well. Well, yeah, exactly. So go cinema. Um, and escape. Uh, That's why they and, call it the golden age. Yeah, true, indeed. And the, well, if that was a golden age, would this be like the Stone Age? So the Lumiere brothers were the first to show films to a paying audience, you know, in 1895. Is that the, uh, oh, that was in Paris, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, there are talks, though, that there could have been one a little bit earlier that the, is it the Latham or the Latham brothers in New York? And they're saying that's the 20th of May. 1895 and so the same year just a same bit. year but i think it was december the uh off the top of my head not reading any notes no. I've <laughs> written. and what do you reckon they would all make of the snack situation at cinema because that's another big thing of going to cinema the the film is one thing but it's it's your popcorns it's what are you talking your... about the expense of them which is something i'm really well, don't like or both well having people eat around you yeah, well, a bit of both. The thing with the expense, so it's an interesting thing. Have you heard of the decoy effect? I have not. So this is where, if you look at popcorn's the best example. So you will see a box of popcorn, a small one will be like £4. Then the medium one will be like £6.50. And then a large one will be £7. Mm. So you think, well, well yeah. I'll get a large one then. I think that's how Domino's sell their pizzas as well. Yeah, and it's all um, a thing about it's like a, 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 it, it's perceiving value to uh, you, you perceive your value pegged to the middle item there. So you think of you disregard the small one, you kind of disregard the large one at first, and then you see the medium one. And you think, okay, six six pound fifty, it's quite expensive, but I really want some popcorn. But hang on, seven. I may as well go for a large one because it's only fifty p more. Um, and that's why everyone always ends up buying a large, and they still yeah, make enormous. Yeah, well, I mean, the profit margins on that stuff is crazy. Well, the old thing, oh, they make the profit margins are higher, and then they're on cocaine or something like that. Because uh, uh, in Cineworld, the BBC was saying their popcorn had a fifteen hundred percent markup, Oof. and people were saying, "How do they get away with it?" My issue with that is, no one's forcing anyone to buy popcorn. No, absolutely. If you don't want to pay that money, don't pay it. I, yeah. I don't understand. It is expensive. But... Not that hard to sneak stuff in. I guess popcorn, well, not so easy. But Well, no, you can. Be... If you don't want it hot, you just take a bag of popcorn. From yeah, like... but it can't be that big a bag unless you have no... I mean, I've seen people that have no honour that, like, you know, bring in entire McDonald's. Oh, and... I do that. Yeah, well, we'll come back to that because that, I think that's out of order. But the we've got an independent... <laughs> this makes me sound like such an arsehole. An independent cinema near us. I should say it's a massive chain, but it's not as independent one. I just take food in. Uh, so, yeah. Actually, no. To be fair... So popcorn, you're the reason I, oh, no. why cinema's dying? Popcorn I do buy, actually. But like a bag... But why would I buy a bag of... No, I mean, I, I do... Like I, three I, quid when I can get it for a quid. I mean, in fairness, when I do go to the Everyman, because their food is better, I can't like buy their milkshake somewhere else. It's but, really, yeah, it's really that's not. different. But yeah. like people that just, yeah, people that sneak food in, fine, whatever. It's when people just, there's no honour in bringing in like a couple of burgers like in your inside uh, pocket, and it's but just also it's grim. so that is so selfish because they smell. They do smell, and everyone else has got a 
inhale and probably feel hungry. Yeah. Because they're inhaling your burger stench. Yeah, I mean, like I say, the the experience of cinemas in general, I I don't think it's great. But again, it and every man, I I am a big fan of. But the more general, um, the more general uh, cinemas, the the bigger chains, mm. not a huge fan of. But I mean, have you ever seen a film with no one around, like gone to a cinema? So I've done it twice. I did it. Once I saw Cool Runnings, mm. it was me and a friend and literally no one else in the cinema. So that was quite fun. And actually quite recently, um, I went and saw the latest Evil Dead with the wife. Oh, yeah. uh, date night, but it was during <laughs> the day. It was like literally like 11 o'clock show. It was just a chance to actually go to cinema because we just don't get a chance to. Mm. And there was one other person in the cinema. And it was a guy that was like eating. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, you shouldn't judge, but it's much more fun to judge. But he's gone to a horror film at like 10, 30, 11 at night. Mm. And uh, he's got his like Doritos or whatever they are, just covered in cheese or whatever. And it's just like, oh, it's too early for that. And you're dream. on your own. It's <laughs> <a> strange life. <laughs> well, I've, I think I've had it in the past where like me and the missus have gone to see one. Yeah, it's just been us, but... Relatively recently, I took two of my kids and two of their friends to see the Taylor Swift concert. The, the concert thing, yeah, yeah. And it was literally just the five of us. So I was sat there and the four of them all went to dance like at the front of the cinema. So I said, yeah, you can, there's no one else here. Uh, but then they all needed to go to the toilet. So they all went off to the toilet and I was sat there on my own. And someone oh, really? who works in the cinema <laughs> just comes in, their head round to check everything was right. Some, and... some bloke at the back watching a taylor swift uh, show <laughs> yeah, by himself was... during the day yeah, yeah it's like, bit, i, I can see why it's, it's not an amsterdam uh, peep show no well no no, so no, no was... I, I had that reminds me i have actually been thrown out of the cinema once for thinking it was this. amsterdam peep show <laughs> <laughs> no it was encouraged it was very strange no i got thrown out of greece for dancing it was the last song. I think I would have been 15 at the time. So obviously a re-release. I wasn't around when it first came out. Mm. And um, it was the last song, whatever that is called. You're the one that I want, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. it. And a few of us just thought it would be quite funny to just dance at the front. And then this massive bouncer basically came out and was just kind of, <laughs> just kind of went, <laughs> uh, I guess I'm leaving. <laughs> it wasn't much uh, discussion. That's I thought a bit it was harsh at the end of the like, film. End of the, end of Greece. It's Greece, for goodness sake. It sounds like yeah. It sounds like the sort of film you would be encouraged almost. No, it was not encouraged at that time. No. I've never times, been. Times have changed. I've never been kicked out. I have been in a cinema. I thought it was with you, but maybe not. When someone's running with a a fire extinguisher. Oh yes, that did happen once. I, yeah, it was. I do remember that because we used to on like Friday nights. We used to see late, late night, night yeah. horror films in uh, in Arrow. Mm. And um, yeah, I remember once because we were very like. I, th- I think it might have even been where we were nearly going to sit. Yeah, and I remember we sat and just these kids put fire extinguishers, just put it onto these chairs, which I, kept, I don't know if they had many people there. But yeah, that, yeah, that was actually quite lucky that we missed that. I think it was relatively soon after that shooting in the cinema in America. Can you remember the the, the Joker? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it then? I, don't I think, think it. it I think it. Yeah, I think really? it was a. Not too soon after. So obviously, I'm sure I was very brave and didn't screech at all. No, um, I don't think it was then. I think it, it would was. have been years earlier than that. Because that that would have been after The Dark Knight, right? 
Yeah. And the Dark Knight would have been way later than us going. We would have been a lot younger. I mean, I'm sure people don't care about this discussion about when we went to the cinema, but I think it would have been way earlier than that. I th- I think you're forgetting what year we're in. I mean, it's that was over 15 years ago. When was the Dark Knight? About 2008, I'm going to say. See, I th- I would have thought that when we were doing it, it would have been like early 2000, like, well, you know, 2001, 2002. No, it was like, no. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, possibly, possibly, but uh, again, I'm not too sure. But in, in terms of like bad behavior, I do, I mean, again, it's, it kind of, it comes back to bite you because I remember there was a group of us once and the film finished and I'm not going to say who, because I'm not actually sure who it was, whether it was me or not, but someone had broken wind and I don't think it was... <laughs> I don't think people like that. Well, that's a shame. Honest, when you go to cinema, yeah. and I just remember the guy who was obviously on a date, like looked at us and was just like, "You're a bunch of animals." And I remember kind of thinking, <laughs> "Oh, that's a bit harsh," you know. But thinking about it, like, yeah, I mean, that's not a nice thing to do. And nice. I'd be so irritated if I was on a a date night or something, and I had to smell the innards of a, a teenage child. <laughs> <laughs> smell the the gaseous. Uh, yeah. thing that comes out of their anus. So I, I, I'm i sure he's listening. I'd like to apologise to that man formally. Mm, for, that's, um, that's grim. Well, it, again, it may not have been me. But on so behalf of the, the group, <laughs> which may have included some Pinna Massive, who knows? You could have done, actually. Yeah, could've. certainly could have. Um, but... i say one of the worst experiences I've ever had at cinema was it's for a James Bond film, one of the Daniel Craig ones, but I forget. What it might have been if it's not the first one, then they're all awful. It was, well, no, Skyfall's very, very good. No. Anyway, I think it, this was possibly Quantum Solace. And um, it was when it first, like the first weekend, maybe it came out. And I can't Oh, remember. I'll tell you another story in a second, just as I remember talking about Breaking Wind. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, where am I supposed to go with that? <laughs> and I mean, this is, I mean, it's a shit anecdote anyway. But but with that in the, waiting in the wings. Um, and basically I was sat right in the front row like of quite a big screen, a uh, big cinema. And the screen was obviously quite overbearing on top. And there's a big car chase scene at the beginning. Um, and it made me feel sick. Anyway, on to your story about Breaking Wind. So um, I was with someone. And I think I've done it maybe with a few people, to be fair. But the one that I remember, I think I went to see Ghost Rider, which isn't a great film, Nicolas Cage film. But anyway, I, I don't know, gurgling stomach or what have you. But I really managed to save myself. But whenever there was like an action piece or someone got killed or whatever, I would manage to let bowels kind of empty, at least air-wise, oh. and go, oh, my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd say to the guy, oh, my God, it's like they've got smell-o-vision. It's like you're there. 4D. And, yeah, exactly. And he uh, he didn't appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> it, it certainly made me giggle. I have actually done – have you ever done a 4D cinema? No, I was going to mention 3D actually, but oh, the before... 3D that comes every uh, what ten years? It's just crap. It's just I get. Ahead I wouldn't of... say it's crap. I just say it's so it's not as good as you'd want it to be. And every time it comes back, it feels like it's oh, it is better, but it's not worth it. It's just not. It's no. never that as, much uh, amazing. As long as you have to wear glasses, it's not going to be worth it. Just, me personally, yeah. I get a headache from it. I don't get a headache. I just I think it's good and it is really nice to watch a film like that because they're desperate to do things that you can't do at home. That's basically it. And to charge a, a couple of quid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But no, I did 4D. I I was um, in Canada and they had a 4D um, option of 
you remember the film It, and I think mm-hmm. it was part two of It. And um, yeah, so we were on these seats that would like squirt water at you, blow smoke at you, and your entire seat would move a bit like a simulator. Mm. And again, it was quite fun, but it's like, you know, you've spent a lot of money on these things, and I, I just don't think people care that much. No, I've never done it at mainstream cinema. I've done it like Cadbury World. Yeah, like they did, uh, they do these things at these theme parks and stuff. Um, but for a whole film, it was okay. I, I really didn't mind it, but I didn't think it was that special. Um, you wouldn't want that for like a naughty film, would you? Like no, but then again, a naughty film, you're probably only you're in and out for three or four minutes. A bit like a Taylor Swift, uh, <laughs> Taylor uh, Swift concert. <laughs> if you if any of those uh, AI generated uh, pictures of Taylor Swift or anything to go by, but that's, uh, with that's Oscar the Grouch, yeah. Um, <laughs> so the other thing possibly to finish up is box office takings Mm. so this has been a bit of a bugbear of mine for a while now but i've kept it to myself so when it says avatar is the highest grossing film of all time then it's the avengers etc etc and you know titanic's still there and gone with the wind was at one point yeah i don't understand why they can't just do it in terms of how many tickets were sold because that makes because it just makes a lot more sense because or you or you just know why well, yeah, you prices, you know yeah, with inflation, yeah. Or no, you, no, but the reason inflation. why they don't do it by tickets because it doesn't sound as good. No, but it's also misleading because, okay, technically it is correct that they are the highest grossing films yeah. ever. But by definition, you've probably got a really crap film that would come out that would still take more than like the highest grossing film, like Gone with the Wind, at, up to but a certain in, point. Again, in the for, for the entire 40s. <clears throat> half the 50s just in the uk in terms of numbers so yeah like that's why they don't do it that way because then they can't say like something like avatar is just a film that people i don't care what anyone says you're pretending to like it it's not i hated it i I have to admit i haven't seen it i just know i'm not gonna like it i don't want anything to do with it it's like three hours long telling me about how i'm destroying the earth i'm not i don't care not not interested and I don't think other people are because you hear them say, I remember someone someone said it's possibly the most important film ever made. And I just thought, you're, you're definitely wrong. I don't need to say yeah, it. no, it's not it's, the most important film I've, ever made. What I find remarkable about it, about it is, because also it got all those Oscar nominations and everything. Yeah. And it's the highest grossing film ever. But, I mean, I hated it. But I suspect most people can't quote a line from it or tell you more than two characters' names. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. In fairness, I'm not very good with character names in general, but yeah, I just it just doesn't appeal at all. I did the rides at Disney; they were quite fun. Oh yeah, say, but um, mm. the film, no interest. Nah. But anyway, I think it's time to uh, to Me start to write. putting our cups yeah. together. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the 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 podcast world was shocked last week by Toilet Gate in terms of the yeah. ratings. Well, I think even yourself were a little bit disappointed. Well, I did. I messaged you possibly a day later, yeah. absolutely when I was absolutely desperate for a toilet, and said I would actually give it an eleven out of ten. There you go. Uh, because I was absolutely, I was just killing for the toilet. When when I, when I do the rating, I'm not just thinking about the now, I'm thinking long term. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Think about the long game. Uh, absolutely. So cinema, though, I'm going to give an eight. An eight. That's a good score. It's a good score. Yeah, because I I am a fan. Well, I'm a fan of going to cinema as long as the, it comes. It's not an exclusive thing, is it? Because the, the film is part of it. So yeah, but, yeah, exactly. But the cinema experience, as long as the foot is a film that, that I enjoy, 
I absolutely love it. You know, you switch up. It's not like at home where if you watch your film, no, there's still distractions and everything. In theory, you go into cinema, you switch off, and you're just watching a film you enjoy. It's comfortable. It's on a massive screen. Sounds great. Um, eating crap. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. I think I'm not going to quite give it an eight. I do love the cinema as well. And it is all about the experience. So a great, I mean, if the experience was always great, I, I'd probably be giving it your nine, nine and a halves. But it's not always great. You do yeah. get all these annoyances. You get, I've got a real issue with like rustling sweets and things like that. It really yeah. drives me crazy during the, the quieter parts. So I'm going to give it seven and a half. I okay. think I think that's a fair score because I really, really enjoy going to the cinema. Mm. But at the same time, that enjoyment is ruined by things that can ruin it. People other people. For, yeah, other people, exactly. Because I still love watching films at home as well. Yeah. So 7.75, that's a good score. That's a very good score. Yeah, higher than, yeah. Uh, just under toilets, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, I gave it a 10. Toilets, I can't see anything else getting a 10. But toilets is, was just so yeah. important. I mean, air's good, but too much air will kill you. That's for toilet, another. If a toilet fell in your head, it would kill you. Well, that's yeah, that, that's true. And I uh, wasn't the first uh, kill in James James Bond's first kill was uh, killing someone on a urinal. Very astute. Yeah, he smacks his head on. Yeah, but even there. then, made 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 for one of the few good Bond films. But uh, anyway, don't forget, give us your suggestions of what you want us to review next at Two G One C Pod. Five star reviews as ever. You know we're going to read them out for you. Like and subscribe, and of course, we need you to spread the word. We need to take over the world. So tell your friends, get everyone listening, and uh, we're going to go on to the next subject here. And uh, as you all know, we've got this new theme tune again. Big up, Dave Bass Bass Productions. And uh, we're going to go for top five film songs. So we're keeping it in the films, which, by the way, it's Oscars week as well. So I think oh. it's very. Oh, and do you know what today is? And this is something we could review in the future. But today is apparently National Lego Day. Is it? Yeah, I read that very briefly. Oh, um, so there's a, a corporate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, corporate I've heard one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, we're going to do again in in the name of having a fantastic new theme tune. We are going to go for top five film songs. So, uh, should we just clarify? It's film instrumentals written. So, sorry, instrumental songs written specifically for the film. Uh, yes, we can go with that. I mean, yeah. it wasn't actually what I was thinking of when I when I originally did it, but I think that works for the ones that yeah. I've chosen. So we well, can go. Yeah. That. Otherwise, we're just going to have like the whole Rocky Four soundtrack. Um, well, I mean, that's for another day. That's for another that, day. That is that's another top five, which. Uh, with, you know that, that Rocky Four soundtrack is deserving of a lot of things. So yeah, yeah, let's face it. But do you want to kick us off with number your first one? Yes. So my first one, I'm just going to tee it up so we can hear a few seconds of it. Is probably one of the most famous theme tunes there is. Um, it's by John Williams, and it's uh, a lot of people will be sitting there thinking, "Oh, Star Wars." Well, it's not. I mean, that is a great theme tune, but it is this. It is, of course, well, colloquially known as the Indiana Jones theme, theme mm. tune. Uh, originally, obviously, from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, it's actually called Raiders March ah, yes. um, by John Williams. Um, it's, which, a, it's a fantastic song. It's amazing. And it basically, 
ended up becoming this sort of general Indiana Jones um, theme tune. Um, and so John Williams, who who wrote it, do you know how many Oscars? He's just been Oscar nominated for another Oscar. Yeah, how many um, have he been nominated for? So his latest one is actually for the, the latest Indiana Jones film. Oh, actually, really? For that. And that was his 54th nomination. Wow. I think he's won five. He's, he's probably still not got as many as Disney. Disney well, certainly... here we go. Is he close? Good knowledge. Good knowledge. So here's um, the most nominated living um, mm. person. But he, he overall, yes, he's second to Walt Disney, who had 59. 59. So he's not that far so off. He's not that far off. But Do you reckon he... he's, gonna, he's just trying to bang out the tunes? Well, he... This is going to sound terrible. He kind of needs to because... He's, um, I think he's in his 90s now. Is he in his uh, 90s? Well, yeah, he's been, I mean, he's... Yeah, well, he's been, been going a long years. time. He's been going a, a long, old, long old time. So John Williams, he was born in 1932. So yeah, he's 90, almost 92. It's he a great song because you get a nice feeling for the whole film just within that song. Yeah, and the whole, the, the premise of it was to make it, an uplifting theme tune and not mm. too serious. And what you notice is when the Nazis are in it, it takes very much a dive. Yeah. A general, general theme. Well, it, it reminds me of the old TV themes of like, I don't know, I'm thinking of like Columbo and things like that, where you had the introduction that would have, or Quantum Leap, where you had kind of uplifting and you you had the kind of montage music, but then you had the serious stuff when they showed the bad guy. A bit, kind of a little bit like uh, when we were talking about the cartoon theme tunes. They kind of did do that, didn't they? Yeah, you'd have like Murder, She Wrote or something like that. And like part of it would be the jovial music and the opening credits would be her like not getting a taxi and looking all grumpy and something like that. But Yeah, be, exactly. A like, yeah. little comedy bit as well. Yeah, like yeah. A, oh, definitely. That is a, a very good choice. And well, Johnny Williams, he's, you know, he's top. Johnny, player, Johnny, he's Johnny is he? Johnny yeah, Williams. Yeah, to me, obviously. Um, but the, the, just on that, this, this kind of, there's a whole thing around music, oh, sorry, film soundtracks these days. Mm. Um, so they used to be, I think, fairly big business, like the actual soundtracks, but I don't think people ever really listen to them. I don't think they thought. I mean, the most modern things in terms of soundtrack that I always think of is the obvious ones like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, the Tarantino, who, who spends a lot of that's time. That's kind of different, I think. It's different to, to this, but even then, th- those soundtracks seem to have kind of gone with streaming, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, true. Because what I like about these film soundtracks is i'm looking on spotify so the indiana jones ones and it, it's mirrored in all these other ones that are that we go through the songs basically just tell you what's happening in the film so the first song in the jungle other than the, the main thing in the jungle yeah. the next one the idol temple escape from oh the, yeah yeah that's what flight, names from Peru, uh, flight to cairo the basket game bad dates indie rides a statue it's excellent yeah. <laughs> indie follows you up. i think it was the was it the phantom menace where people got all pissed off because the sound like the score the soundtrack came out and one of the last songs was or tunes was something like kai gon jin's funeral oh really like uh, <laughs> so uh, people uh, saw that i, thought, oh, I mean it does make you wonder what came first the name of the songs or the script script <laughs> oh right <laughs> very good very good ah <laughs> oh, oh, sounded a little bit silly there so um so with my first one i'm mm. going to take a slightly darker tone mm. um it's I believe it's called 
Daisire, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's a 1980 film, Stanley Kubrick film, and it's called Day of Wrath originally. And I think it's kind of, I think it's an old, um, an old song that's been done many times. This has been kind of electronically made by Wendy Carlos and Rachel L. Kind, I believe the name is. And it's apparently a medieval chant from the 13th century. Um, so anyway, you may recognize it. And that is the theme tune from The Shining. And it yeah. is dark. It I mean, I'm, again, I'm going to try and put the links in the uh, description. And I do recommend that you sit in a dark room with headphones on and just listen to that because it is, oof. I mean, yeah. it is it is very atmospheric. I mean, I don't know how many times, you, or if you've even seen The Shining at all, but I've mm. seen it quite a few times. And it just straight away takes me to that first scene where, You've, you've just got the mountains and you're driving towards it. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what, what you're going into. And other times when it comes up in the film, it just, it really gives you a feeling of madness and evil. And it's, it's you're not supposed to feel very comfortable listening to it. And I just no. think it's fantastic. It's horrible. It's not a good song to listen to like on a Sunday night. To get no, to it's not one to like your child goes to bed and you play that in the background. No. You wouldn't have it as your first song at your first dance at your no, 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 no. You wouldn't play it to your baby in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do really, I do think it's a great, great song in terms of, uh, from a, at least from a perspective of soundtracks, I must say. So I hugely yeah. recommend you listen to that. I mean, it's it fits. So dark. It, fit, it fits the film. I mean, we probably, to be honest, you probably, we probably think that about all these songs because we've yeah, seen the films. But this one in particular is its just horrible. Well, Stanley Kubrick was, he, he was known for his kind of attention to detail. Yeah. And, you know, the, the music is certainly not going to be something that's going to be missed on the, for this guy. And it, it really is. It's so dark. And it's, you know, it's with your film, your Raiders of the Lost Ark is meant to be uplifting. I, I feel that they didn't quite get the same memo. No, <laughs> no, no, it's not much uplifting about the shining. No, too. no, absolutely not. Absolutely um, not. So the interesting thing, actually, also about the Raiders of the Lost Ark and John Williams in general is, mm. if you take uh, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, yes, those two in particular, the game, trying to remember, trying to do them. Yeah, there's like three or four songs. Like is, it no Jurassic, one... is it Jurassic Park as well? Where you it do could, them I can't remember what they all are, but yeah, it's quite you... hard to do them all. Yeah, I don't think anyone has ever managed it, and I'm just going to go with that. So fact think, check th- me on that, people. If you dare. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're right. We'll leave it there. Yeah, um, come at me, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not sure that's the first time he's ever heard that. So um, my second one is this. Hang on, I'm going to skip forward a bit. Yeah, yeah. Listen to I'm getting all the rubbish bits. Yeah, this is this is great. Hang on. This is terrible. Bear with me. Hang on, hang on. I mean, anyway, it's uh, it's the theme tune. It's the theme tune for Robocop. It's Robocop, all right, people. It's bloody Robocop. It is Robocop, and this was by a guy called Basil Polidurus. I think I pronounced that right. Who now he died in 2006. When I was looking this up, he said he died in 2006. And that horrified me. 
because that's eight, somehow that's 18 years ago. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, it's only a few years ago. No, 18 years ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Um, and despite what you would have just heard from what I played, it's, a, it's an amazing theme tune. And interestingly, and this would be more music buffs, I think, that would, would possibly pick this out, but it's, it's synthesized and has an orchestral side mm. to it, for a better word. Uh, and apparently that's to mirror the whole man versus machine thing of Robocop. Oh, very clever. So he stuck that. both things in there. I like that artistic, um, yeah. styly. Yeah, absolutely superb. It's a great song. Like It's another one where you can perfectly montage the film. And it has yeah. all the moods of the film. Isn't it about seven or eight minutes long if you actually listen to the, the proper version of it? Yeah, it's it's very it's long. It's a long one. But yeah, but everyone just... There's, there's the one bit everyone likes. Um, yeah. And again... It's the very overall, heroic, isn't it? Very heroic, very uplifting. The overall theme... Uh, sorry, um, soundtrack. Again, some of the titles of the songs. Van Chase, Murphy Dies, Robo Lives. Yeah, yeah. Drive, drive Montage, Helpless Woman... <laughs> Newcomb, I'm guessing that's a bit where helpless they're... woman must be the bit where he shoots, he shoots between, between their legs. legs. Yeah. yeah, gas station time. blow up. Clarence frags Bob. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can you fly, Bobby? Uh, um, it's, it's a great, great amazing film. film. Um, so the vinyl for this is going for over a hundred pounds on eBay. Oh, really? It yeah, is so a good big business. Well, I mean, it's a good song. I don't know if um, I'd vinyl it. I have to admit, no, no, but. And some fun facts about Basil. He mm. he also did the soundtracks for Free Willy, amongst other things, Free Willy, Conan the Barbarian, and Conan the Destroyer, and Starship Troopers. Oh, really? Well, uh, Starship Troopers is another Paul Ver- Verhoeven. Is that the director? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, I, I think, I think it's also a, a it's great, brilliant. great film. Yeah. A funny, funny little fact with the. Uh, uh, Robocop in terms of the director. He was apparently running out of money for making Robocop. Mm. And what he did, which was very, very clever, is he filmed everything except for the scene where Robocop was actually not created. Well, basically where they kill Robocop or Murphy. Uh, mm. Murphy, that's it. Um, so <laughs> right. it's basically you have to give me a little bit more money because <laughs> no one's ever we can't edit this in. <laughs> that's very so clever. very very clever. Very but clever. That's for me. That's gone down in history. It's one of the best sci-fi action films has ever been. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. And, and that's the music sort of big big part of that. It really just matches up so well. So Basil also did as well as film scores. He also did music for the opening ceremony um, of the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, good for him. So, you know, a bit of cachet about him. Well, yeah, I mean, can't be can't be easy um, making money constantly because I, I imagine Robocop wasn't expected to make that much money, and so they probably just paid him a fee, and that's the end of it. Yeah, I think it massively surpassed expectations. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, great film, great soundtrack. I would say so. Uh, On to my second, which I, I don't know. I couldn't have been in a good mood. Uh, the day that um, I, I was picking these films, because they're not uplifting, they're not at all. But it's actually a 2002 film, Danny Boyle. Um, it was uh, done by someone called John Murphy, who's done a few films uh, you may have heard of, all different types. Friday After Next, um, Mean Machine. Um, yeah, a few, a few different things. Lock, talks, lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, I'm oh. sure many people will know. But uh, I'm just going to play it for you. Here we go. And 
and another very atmospheric one, that's for yeah, sure. But that's from 28 Days Later. And little Zombie Film, which is another film like Robocop, I don't think was expected to do as well as it did. No, and we we should say we are recording this on a Sunday night, so this is very depressing. These it is a bit. Well, yeah, but people are going to be listening to it on a Monday. The best uh, time to be depressed. That's very, that's very, that's very true. <laughs> but um, I just think it's such a good song. If you, uh, This one's more four or five minutes long and is cut up a little bit in the film, so you hear like different sections of it. Mm. Again, listen to it with headphones in if you can in a darkened room because it is just, it's just nasty. It's just not not a pleasant song at all in that kind of everything's fun and nice. I think we're seeing the difference between my psyche and your psyche in the choice of uh, songs. Yes. <laughs> I, think that's, uh, I think that's fair. Indiana Jones and Robocop. <laughs> I was born in the darkness. <laughs> I was born. Yeah. yeah um, but it's still, it's, uh, I, I think it's a great film, although a lot of people get upset with the old running zombies, but I'm not going to get into that. But um, Did they use it for the sequel? Yes, I think they use different versions, um, like slightly updated, but they did for oh. 28 weeks. There's apparently, I think there's going to be a 28 years later. Oh, okay. Could be 28 months later, I'm not sure, but it's later, by 28 something. 20, by factor 28. By, yeah, some kind of 28. They, they've, they've settled on the number and they're happy with it. <laughs> they're stuck with it. But it's a great film. I mean, have you? I assume you've seen it. I've, yeah, I haven't seen it for... A number of years. I highly it recommend great. it. I actually went to the uh, secret cinema um, version of it as well, which was great fun. I actually, you ended up watching it on a kind of a hospital bed, and it was projected oh, right. on lots of different screens above you. That's actually, really fun. quite a nice way of watching a film. Yeah. It's a bit more relaxing than I think they intended it to be, <laughs> being a horrible zombie film. But um, highly, highly recommend the the song, but also the film. It's uh, a few famous people in it. Chris. Uh, um, Eccleston and um, the guy Killian that's Murphy. just done Killian Murphy. Murphy. That's it. Oscar nominated there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's a good actor. A lot of a lot of stuff he's done over the mm. years. He's always been a good actor. So good, good on you, Killian. Well done. Well done, Killian. So those are our four entries. Yep. Into our top five. Um, and now we go to the unknown. We, and now we go to the unknown. So, um, so I'll go first. Mm-hmm. Keep order. So. I had a bit of deliberation here because originally I was going to go Axel F by Harold. Yeah, that is a great song. Which is a superb song. But I've ended up going, I'm going to call it darker, but it's darker in a different sense to what you've gone for. But it's it's a tune that everyone will recognise. So bear with me. So hopefully you could hear that. I, could, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily call it a dark song. I, I think it's a great song. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's obviously, I mean, of course, the Godfather. Um, yes. It has a different couple of names. So it has it seems to be called the love theme from the Godfather, and also speak softly, love. Oh, really? Different names. I think it's just like two. It's it's performed in two kind of slightly different ways. Um, but yeah, an absolutely iconic. Yeah, um, I mean, sometimes you hear like the street performers playing it. Yeah. And it's um, so so interestingly. So it's composed composed by someone called um, Nino Rota mm-hmm. and conducted by someone called Carlo Savina. Um, just interesting that it's. I found it strange that conductor got a credit, but anyway, they um, 
originally it was nominated for an Oscar. Yes. But got withdrawn. It certainly did, because yes. Because it was um, apparently a rewrite of a version of, of a piece of music that the, the writer Nino Rota wrote for a film in 1958 called Fortunella. Which is a comedy, apparently. Was it really? Yeah, it was apparently a comedy. So, although I don't think it's a particularly dark song, but I certainly don't see it as a comedy song. No. Maybe it just had the Benny Hill like music in the background. <laughs> that was the difference. <laughs> um, but it's it's a lovely piece of music. It fits the film incredibly well. Um, I guess that's a half, well, half the skill. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm talking about something I have no. You can really picture yeah. scenes of the film. Yeah, as when, these songs play, but. I imagine, you know, someone could come up with an amazing sounding tune, mm. but just doesn't fit the film. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean, like, but then they don't pick it. I mean, well, that's where you. But you then I wonder if they films. get. I wonder if they get lost to history. Then some of these songs, presumably they must do. No, I think that if it's if the song is good enough, it just ends up being used in something. Yeah, you would just you would never know. That's all. Yeah, yeah. You know, if um, you write a song that's good enough and you're a composer, you'll find it for something. For sure, but it's uh, it's it's a great great tune. I must mm. say, it's mm. it's very again very very atmospheric. Mm. So uh, for my final choice, so, I'm assuming mean, everyone's going to know it. Yeah, yeah, go. On. But and might add, a bit more uplifting than uh, some of the other things. So it's a uh, from a Richard Donner film. I've gone for the oldest film that I've done oh, so far, 1978. Yeah. Um, this is my first um, Williams song. John Williams, Johnny Boy. And um, I believe, well, let's just listen to it and I'll go into that in a second. And that's Superman. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> now, I very obviously very specifically... Uh, stopped it when I did, not just yeah. for copyright reasons, which were always uh, playing, dicing dicing with that, that line. But we've mentioned this before, and this isn't actually one, but it kind of has uh, what's called a millennium howl. You remember that? Oh, the way you get the, the noise. The stop, everyone has and to everyone do. goes yeah. Superman. Now, it's not actually there. That's the funny thing. Ah, uh, interesting. It's not. You're like, yeah. <laughs> there's no lyrics. No one has ever comically said superman but, but was that a so was that a deliberate thing i have no idea it's, it's i i just think that's what over time people have done because no one you've never heard that in a song no i don't think and everyone does it straight away in, yeah, in your head yeah. and um yeah I, apparently this this came off after jaws and star wars this song and uh it, it is quite quite different to the others but Oof, is it uplifting? It's a, a million miles away from Star Wars, I would say. No, it's, Jaws, it's Jaws, not... I can't really think. Oh, well, duh, duh, but that's... Yeah, Jaws is very different. Yeah. But um, it's a great song. It's actually called Superman March, if we're going to go for uh, actual names of songs. Oh, that's interesting, because he called the one from Razor Lost Light Raiders March. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at that point, he's just, he yeah, does he's whatever just he wants. He's phoning it in. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's easier on the Oscar nomination. Thing. Yeah, exactly. He does Johnny whatever he wants, Johnny Boy. He's, um, you know, at that point, of course, things whatever he likes, and because when he keeps I, making that kind of production, yeah, you know, how are you going to argue with him? I believe for Superman Returns, the sort of one from the mid two thousands that was made, um, the, I think it was Brian Singer that directed. It. He said he'd only do it if he could use that music again. 
Oh, well, well, I mean, it makes originally sense. they wanted to recompose it. Oh, really? I mean, it makes yeah. sense, but I think Superman films aren't really very good. Well, what's interesting is that because I recently rewatched Superman two just while I was working one evening. The original and Superman. The original Superman two. Oh was, yeah. Uh, so the second one, so is General Zod. Yeah. And ignoring the effects because that's of a time. It's over time, and the it's and kind of quite camp now. It's quite camp. The overall film, it is actually really good, but the one bit I forgot how ridiculous it is. I can't. Remember, I don't know when the last time you saw it was. Oh, a long, long time. But it's when um, he basically takes her to the ice palace. She's kind of twigged who he is. Mm. Well, she has twigged who he is. <laughs> I don't know how because that's no. that disguise. No idea. Is that, is that I... the film where she um, dies in it? And he turns goes back, turns in back time. time. Yeah, um, I didn't actually get to finish it. Yeah, probably. It must oh, be. another one of the films. Oh no, 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 it's really good. Uh, no, the third one is with um, Richard um, Pryor. Yeah, and Lana. And that really scary yeah. robot woman. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah it's a scary one. But in um, in the second one, so he takes her to the ice palace, and he basically he's dressed as Clark Kent. And she's realised who he is, and he's so he's still dressed as Clark Kent. He's got glasses, and he literally takes his glasses off, and she goes. Oh my god, it is you. He and does, I, well, I could interestingly not enough, understand. I don't think he does just do that. I think you're ignoring the subtleties of the acting there. Cool. So what he does is he takes off his glasses, and if you watch his posture, it goes much more upright, much more positive. And his um his what he does with his face is he shows more confidence. You watch that scene again. And you'll realize there's some clever. You'll be like, of course, no one would ever know that that was Superman. But, Not just the glasses. It's, it's he had the whole bad demeanor. posture. The fact, yeah, the fact that he didn't look anything like Christopher Reeve. When but he honestly, was... watch watch that again, and you'll see what I mean. Because I think yeah. I've seen that clipped, and um, it is quite funny. Maybe we'll try and find it and um, um, stick it in the description. But it is really good, I have to say. It still stands out. As I said, ignoring the effects. Yeah. As a film, it is still really, really good. I think the fourth one was down as one of the worst films ever made. It's with Nuclear Man. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, where out of money. I believe, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it may be the first film ever to have product placement. Really? I think it's when he has, because there's two Supermen at one point. He has a fight with himself. In that's like the third this... one, isn't it? No. no I don't third think one he fight... I'm sure it's the third one he fights himself. Uh, well, the one I'm thinking of is the product placement, I'm sure, is the fourth one, where they're, they're in a fight in a scrapyard or whatever. And yeah, yeah. It's like nappies or something like that. Is He's it? on a truck in the background. Oh, really? Like I'm sure that's, or something I'm like sure that. that's the third one. It's in a, like a car junkyard. Yeah. And he, get, and he crushes the other one in a crushy thing. I, I don't remember the whole fight, I have to admit. But I, I thought it was the fourth one. But uh, I might be wrong. Although I'm probably not. So again, fact check, check us at... Uh, 2G1C pod on uh, on X. I don't know, so I just need to check. Well, we will also check um, which one he turns back time in. I think it, I think that's the second one. I think it was. It's, it's not the third one. I'm sure it's not the third one. Well, again, fact check. Fact check, people. 2G1C pod. Spread the word. Let us know uh, what you think. This says it's in the original one, the first one. Oh, well. So I'm mainly right. You uh, thought it was the third one, right? That's two away. No, no, no. no I'm only one away. Uh, I might have to. No, yeah, well, the first one. I think it's the first one. Well, yeah, either way. I'm, I mean, the main takeaway is I'm more correct than you are. I'm not sure about that. Well, you're two away. I'm one away. You thought it was the third one. 
No, no, it's never the third. Well, no, and then I then I then I had to think because Lois Lane's not actually in the third one. It's Lana yeah, well, I mean that's a big part of that, I guess. So, yeah, so, so that's no, true. I think that actress had quite a few uh, demons. Margot Kidder. Yeah. Yeah, she died not that long ago. I don't think. Yeah, I think you're right there. But anyway, well, <laughs> what a lovely way to end. <laughs> on that note, yeah, yeah, indeed. Well, shout out once again to Dave. Dave Base Productions, and of course, massive shout out to the Pinner Massive. Give your suggestions at 2G1C Pod. Spread the word, tell your friends, and we will see you next time. Cheerio. Take care. It's the two guys, one cup podcast. It's the two guys, one cup podcast. It's the two.